Hello. Hey. We talk about movies in this episode of the G Club. More than one, even though it just says Baby Driver. Yeah, and we kind of spoiled some of them, and we just talk about plot details of others. So we're just going to let you know what they are real quick. So obviously Baby Driver, but we, we talk about when we're going to start spoiling, so it's spoiler-free for it's, the first bit. It's about 20 minutes in. Yeah. We, we say so, don't worry. The next yeah. one is Transformers The Last Night, which is Transformers 5, the, the, the one. The, the one with... The, the, Knights and Anthony Hopkins. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, we spoil some shit about that. Chad spoils the shit out of that movie. Yeah, and then we talk about Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim, Ant-Man. Uh, those aren't really spoiler heavy, but we wanted to let you know. Uh, enjoy? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the G Club. We're going to be talking about movies today. A particular Specifically movie. Specifically one, but maybe others. Believe it or not, movies are back in a big way. Movies are back. Millennials, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> movies. They're talking pictures. We're talking about Baby Driver, uh-huh. the new Edgar Wright film starring a bunch of people whose names I don't remember and no. Kevin Spacey. S- Quick. Uh, uh, What's the name of the main guy, dude? G- guy, from, guy from Mad Men. His name is John Hamm. The, John Hamm. the main character's the name is in Kevin Spacey. Baby's actor is some like crazy. He's not from What's a lot of it's, it's like Ansel. Yeah, it's like Ansel, Ansel Groot or something. Like, mm. And then Cinderella's playing the love interest. She's Deborah. Cinderella's Wait, a fictional you're character. Thinking of, you're thinking of... Uh, the actress who played live action Cinderella is the person who's the same actress who plays... There's a lot of Cinderella. No, the newest live action Disney Cinderella. Okay, uh, I didn't see it. The so. one with Helen and Bonham Carter and is that, like, is that Lily James? Whatever her name is. That sounds yes. like a porn. That might be L- a porn star. Actually, I think I Lily, Lily James not, might be it. That was not that her was though. No. I know you're talking about. She was in Okia last night. Cause we were going like, that's her. Uh, looks a lot like her. She should be getting some of the same roles though. Real quick, let's introduce ourselves. Oh yeah. Before we dive straight into it. Who I'm are Barry. you, Barry? I'm Barry. I'm uh, Razadoop on Twitter. Game Room stuff. Who are uh, you, Chad? Hi, I'm Chad. Uh, I I write for cartoons like Troll Hunters and Unikitty, and I'm helping out with Gamiverse. Nice. Yeah. Woo. How about you, Ryan? Who are you? Wonderful applause there. <laughs> I know. I, I, like, feel, like, I, don't, I don't deserve I hope this. hope you feel good. Uh, <laughs> You're 100% so the reason for the future success of Gamiverse. Oh, it's like... 100% of the credit. I'd say 2% milk tops for me, mostly Ross just yelling at me. Okay. okay. Yeah, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Then I'll yeah. take the other That's how the creative process yeah, you I'll take most of the credit <laughs> for Gamerverse. <laughs> Ryan? And and I am Ryan McGee. Uh, I have a channel called Super Mega, and I also edit for Game Grumps currently. Are you going to edit this podcast? Uh, probably. Matt has edited, edited the other ones. but Yeah. Really? Because, well, the thing is, he edits the podcast because I take Doodle Dudes. Mm. Uh, okay. And now I'm going to have to take Doodle Dudes and the podcast. Matt needs and... to pick up some slack. Yeah. He, 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 he worked his little butt off. He had the backlog a lot for Super Mega. Hmm. Understood. I, don't, I mean, you're well, here working right now, and Matt's not. So, like, he is in he is in South Carolina enjoying some good Charleston food. Sounds like not in work. The depths of summer. <laughs> Jesus, <Christ. laughs> he's gonna explode. Um, more characters in Baby Driver. Uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Come on, Kevin come on. Spacey. Uh, 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 Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Um, there's more. Uh, Flea. Flea, yes, yeah, Flea. for oh, a minute. What a good like bit character actor, by the way, right? Yeah. Back to the Future too. And... Also, I thought it was Simon Pegg, but it wasn't. Oh, uh, who's the name of Simon Pegg? Uh, the butcher. I kind of. I, in the oh, white suit. yeah. I, that was uh, what's his face? He was like a, a rock star from like the seventies. Oh, that totally makes sense. There's well Edgar Wright. So Edgar Wright always puts in like weird cameos in his movies, right? Like he hides them. 
Oh yeah, like uh, Peter Jackson's in Hot Fuzz is like the Santa Claus that stabs. What? Yeah, that Santa Claus that stabs Nicholas Angel is Peter Jackson. Who's the actress from Lord of the Rings that was also like in the suit? Oh yeah, you never see her face. So yeah, hides them in there uncredited. Yeah. So there was none of those in Baby Driver, as far as I'm aware. Well, there was. I need to look them up because it's gonna drive me nuts. Yeah. And I can look up the name of the. I kind of felt like Nick Frost and Simon Pegg wouldn't be in this. I was surprised. You were. I feel like that would have taken too much out. I feel like he wants you to be in it. Type of. That's why he doesn't go out of his way to show off that it's Peter Jackson or anyone. Sure. This would have been super obvious. Well, that's actually really good because so Baby Driver. Do we even explain what the plot of Baby Driver is? Go look up the trailer. Well, yeah, it's a Baby Drives Fast. It's like Boss Baby. It's not like Boss Baby. No, it's they really they really a baby. They whipped out that sequel pretty fucking quick, didn't they? Ansel Elgort. That's that is name. that's I our just, lead. I, re- I remember him from that cancer movie. What cancer movie? The one that the one that Jonathan Green wrote. He was oh, in, is he in? He that? was in the, the Fault in Our Stars or whatever. Fault, yeah, the Fault in the Stars. Yeah, he was in the Carrie remake. He's been in. The, he, none he of was in the, the Divergent remake? series, The Fault oh, in Our yeah. Stars. Oh wow! I just thought this guy was like an unknown. I had no. I, I was had, like, wow. I, have, I mean, fine. he's unknown he to you. He was great. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed him in Baby Driver. I just never I. Every time I see his name, it like just something about those letters in that order. I'm just like uh, Ansel Good. Ansel or Ansel? Just sounds like a bad guy from Wolfenstein. I don't know. I'm not yeah. trusting that name. I, I I don't know. Well, hey Ryan, I think I it was Lily James. Was it really? I told it was you. Lily I told you. I'm sorry, I doubt you. And you're you. talking down to me like she, I don't know my she shit. She really transformed. I didn't believe it. She she had a southern accent and blonde hair, and that was enough. Wow, good for her. She's yeah. really transforming there. I wouldn't, go, uh, I wouldn't say it was full blonde. John Bernthal, Eliza Gonzalez, a lot of actors, a lot of great people. Well, um, I was going to say, I think Ryan actually think you had a great set up for a thing to talk about in that uh-huh. there wasn't Nick Frost or Simon Pegg or anyone. Yeah. This is like a not normal Edgar Wright movie. It, well, it's, it's, def- not, it's not a Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, it's not, so it's not connected with that. I mean, it still has the Edgar Wright style, but there's a, also a certain style that the Cornetto trilogy had, which mm-hmm. was a lot yeah. more fast-paced. Yeah, so the Cornetto, the Cornetto trilogy... Uh, sorry, as the, in with the, the editing. Blood and Cornetto trilogy what? as I push up my glasses <laughs> for the podcast. Thank you. Um, so the, the, the style of editing in, in those, and I think... Um, uh, uh, every frame of painting. That, oh, that the video so good. I think he did a. a Everyone really, should have seen that video. The video that he did on Edgar Wright and, and his editing style was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does very very quick cuts to like set up a scene. So it'll show like someone tying their shoes and then like they like, pour a, cl- a cup of water. They're like, entertaining like, cuts. Super super fast. Yeah. They're but inter- it tells a story yeah. in like three seconds in your gut. He does it in Scott Pilgrim a bit too. Um, well, a I think less, I think so. Scott Pilgrim honestly is like his most pizzazzy, like his most. Uh, kind of. It's the most rapid fire because it needs to condense seven books into one movie. <laughs> like three of which weren't out when he yeah, made the exactly. movie. And he was per- putting a style, I guess, a graphic novel or just mm-hmm. more of a style so, into that one. I feel yeah. like we need to take another step back and just real yes. quick be like, okay, Edgar Wright, very talented director, mm-hmm. so good. most known for the Blood and Cornetto trilogy yes. of films, yes. which is uh, Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz, and The World's the End, World's End yeah. which I always forget. Because that came out the same summer. As this is this the is end. end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. I always think of like it's one of those end movies. Yeah. Um, if Seth Rogen had a cameo in it, <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, and then he also directed Scott Pilgrim mm-hmm. versus the World. Yes. And now he's done Baby Driver. And before that, he did uh, Spaced. Which yep. Yeah. On I've only seen a couple episodes, but it, it's interesting to see like, oh, this is you figuring this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much like each episode of a sitcom is like very genre heavy. So there'll be like a zombie episode. Yep. And that was starring yeah. Simon Pegg as well. Yeah. So this is and a lot of people in his earlier movie it's like oh yeah this is just you just figuring out how to do it nice it's it's, it's a cool watch um do you want to say what our favorite of his 
movie? Do we want yes, to say including sure. Baby Driver? Not including yeah, including Baby, Baby Driver. Okay, including yeah. Baby Driver. Uh, who wants to go first? I mean, I'll, I yeah, go first. You brought okay. this idea. Uh, <laughs> Don't put this on guys. Us. Let's all say our deepest darkest secrets. Yeah, you okay. go first. Right, yeah. Dying alone. Go. Uh, Hot Fuzz 100 is my favorite movie. Agreed. Of Agreed. Actually, yes. agree. Yeah. Okay. Here's well, here's we'll say an interesting. I used to always say Shaun of the Dead, but like the more I I'm never in the mood to watch Shaun I, of the Dead. Yeah. Love all of his movies yeah hot fuzz i could watch at any time it's and it's, just be like i'm in i'm just always i always marvel at did you, have you have you guys seen the video of him and simon Pegg with like the uh the big sheets of paper and they're actually planning out the town and everything around no. hot no. fuzz There's, you could just tell like if you look into and read up of it, there's so much planning that goes yeah. into his movies. And Every that's detail's the thing, immaculate. That's yeah. what I really, really respect about Edgar Wright, and it definitely comes through in Baby Driver and yeah. Spades, is how much he thinks about every single moment of these movies. He is obsessed with every detail of foreshadowing, of of referencing to other shit, like everything is thought out. There's nothing. It's just like, eh, whatever. Well, especially in this movie, because everything has to be in sync. Right. With oh something. yeah. It's, Which, everything's edited to a beat. Yeah. As as someone who who loves editing stuff to sync up with other things, it was like a wet dream watching <laughs> yeah. watching, watching Baby Driver. Um, but yeah, Hot Fuzz is just so fucking good. It's, it's, it's so polished. Like, yeah. It's so slick. It's just every every single. Chekhov's gun is fired a hundred times. Yep. He puts a hundred guns on a table and lets <laughs> them sit there, and then they all go go firing off by the end. And you're just so sad. But they also but they feel like they're they're not like uh self-contained. They actually, as you said, they're set up and yeah, then there's a payoff. But it feels like it's it's not yeah. like shoehorned in where it's like, I don't know, you see a movie and it's like, oh, that's the gun on the wall, yeah, and yeah, look, right. I I ha- I have the last bullet. Well, that's the thing is, <laughs> what will this, happen I in the climax this, like of this, this movie? Lot, <laughs> I want to know more about it. Here's a great example. Uh, the Goose. Yeah. Yes. yes. So the first time you see the goose, it's just a joke of like these are really dumb things which cops in a small <laughs> yeah. town. Mm-hmm. That works as a joke by itself. Right. Tracking down this goose and mm-hmm. then throughout the episode, throughout the movie, you keep seeing the goose. And then when it pays off at the end, when it bites the bad guy in the face and helps him crash, you're like, it's a payoff. Mm-hmm. But you didn't need it. But you're happy it's there. Right. Yeah. So you're glad like, that it didn't just kind of like disappear into oh yeah that weird first act thing yeah, yeah. that we never talk well, about again my, my favorite goose joke in the Hot Fuzz one was I'm sorry <laughs> there, there's, there's so many joke? ones my favorite my favorite one is when he's going after the shoplifter and then he sees the goose and it's like it's edited so it's like this tough decision it's like do I go after the <laughs> goose foot chase right? yeah, do I go after the, the yeah. uh, infamous goose or do mm-hmm. I go after like the it's human like, gotta money? go after the goose I just I everything about I guess the editing within Hot Fuzz, as uh, you said, Shad, it mm-hmm. just feels very um, just planned out and contained. Yeah, yeah. So well, also, also yeah, the yeah. really frantic editing style really complements how low energy so much of that movie is. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like all oh, this really fast, high paced energy, and then they're just like sitting in in the middle of the town and nothing's <laughs> happening. And well, let me ask you guys, as two editors, mm-hmm. I always think Hot Fuzz is interesting because it's a film where I'm aware of the editing and I love it. But the number mm-hmm. one rule of editing is you're not supposed to be aware of editing, right? Like, like theoretically, if you do your job right, you're right. not paying attention to like that was a bad cut. editing is is a is a mostly invisible job, correct? But um, I, you might disagree of, with that statement. I'm it, just it, 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 it can add a lot of style. I mean, just look at also uh, Quentin Tarantino. Sure. I mean, the editing in his films, even though he's not using the same editor, I believe uh, for Django he used the editor for like a Fast and Fur- Furious. Oh, movie. really? But he's usually well, his, has his, his editor one, that yeah. he used for for many many years uh, died a couple years ago. Yeah, really uh, bringing Sally, the podcast yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Sally but I mean, something yeah. I'm forgetting her name. <laughs> editing. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> well, it's like 
it's not he didn't just choose oh I'm gonna go with this Fast yeah. and Furious guy it's like yeah. hey, he had to kind of yeah he didn't have a lot of options there but um I'm trying to see where I was headed well I, I was just what, pointing what out was that you? I, normally the, who was here oh. the editing's supposed to be on notice but yeah. like, so the right, thing I'm is, like glad the editing most so of the editing still is yeah. when you're having a conversation and it's shot reverse shot you're not aware of those cuts. Mm -hmm. If that is being flow, if that is flowing properly, you're just following the conversation. It's when he does those transitions are the the most impactful. Like I'm aware of the editing, and this is great because you're just taking in so much information so sure. fast. Sure. A, ba a bad example I can share, by the way, please. Transformers Five, which is hot garbage. Not, is this the last night? The newest, the last with Anthony night. Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Is he Give a round of applause for Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Academy Award for being in Transformers. I'm so proud of Anthony. I've known him for the longest time. <laughs> we call him. <laughs> we call him Ant-Man. It's kind of confusing. But, oh yeah, Edgar Wright was supposed to direct Ant-Man. I wanted to talk about that. Okay. I was gonna say, I was nice say, segue. For in, terms of bad <laughs> in terms of bad editing, this uh, tra Transformers 5, The Last Night, starring yeah. Marky Mark Wahlberg, who is also spoilers, The Last Night, Goes what? from it goes from three hours Optimus. I know. I, you, you shouldn't shit. Sh shouldn't it have been shit. Did Bumblebee go, die? Bumblebee gets his voice back, and it sounds bad. And does he sound like uh, who? Who would he sound like? It it sounds like a no one. You think it should be like some real. Okay, how do how do we preface this podcast? Okay, people are like, this is gonna be the Baby Driver podcast. We'll get there. <laughs> we're <laughs> spoiling <laughs> every like we're we're gonna start spoiling every movie that's out in theaters. This, yeah. These are the minor details. From last <laughs> the night. minor details. <laughs> All right, last everything night, that hot, happens at the hot end. Hot Rod, who's also French, has a time gun and he fires a gun that fires time bubbles. And every time he fires it, <laughs> time bubbles. And no one talks about it. So to make it clear, he goes, "I'm stopping time." Every time he fires it, and there's just like. Spatial time bubbles. Like, that's a whole movie. Does he stare like, at the camera while saying that? Too? No, but he yells it out loud so everyone understands every time what's <laughs> oh going my on. Gosh. Sorry, all right. So, but in terms of bad editing, that movie—you have to watch it just to see it. It cuts between three different aspect ratios between shots. So it'll like be like the black bars on the yes. top and bottom so like, of the screen. So like a, a good example of uh, using that right is in uh, The Dark Knight, Nolan would have yeah. like for the big Joker scenes, it would cut to IMAX. Yes, and you like get this imposing like something big is happening. You feel like it's, it's surrounding whole, you. But in the last night. It'll be a thing where Marky Mark is talking to Ant Man, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, and <laughs> I was like, wait, Anthony Hopkins will be. In I don't I remember this yeah, in the yeah, universe. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins will be in IMAX, and then Marky Mark will be in in Letterbox, and then the third character will be in a different aspect ratio, <laughs> and it's cutting between all of them and every line they say, and it's like, how did an editor let this happen? I don't know. Yeah. It's probably just a joke. He he had to see if he could get that it's, one. It, I the whole movie just comes <laughs> corners of the screen like I go, oh, I'm just doing this now. But but that's bad editing. Yeah. Well, okay, so. To to me, good editing is all about servicing the story. Yes. And that can mean really chaotic editing where you can't tell what's happening. Um, like in a Jason Bourne action scene where you're like, it's all shaking cam, oh, I don't know yeah. where anyone is, yeah. I can't follow anything. He's hitting someone with a but, book. Right. <laughs> but like that's fight. what that story kind of needs, is that sort of like sure. frantic style to it. So... I'm kind of always aware of editing because I've been editing for so long. I just am like always like seeing shit when something's wrong. Of it course. just like sends off all these alarm bells in my head. Um, but in in the case of like an Edgar Wright film where he's very deliberately using editing in ways that's not really conventionally mm -hmm. used, I think even when it's done in that sort of jarring example where like you become aware of it as someone who's not normally aware of editing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing because it's still servicing the story. It's still getting you information. It's still getting it's you to the next scene. It's one of his for sure. He's I just, agree with that. Yeah. He's just using every tool he has as a filmmaker to give you this experience. Well, it gets you inside the character's, like, kind of uh, world. Exactly. Because, like, uh, you know when he's, like... Uh, Movies aren't reality, and he yeah. embraces that. He uses mm -hmm. the sound design perfectly to... Oh, yeah. For Nick Frost's character, he's always having these epic, like, kind of things, and just the... 
like those sound effects really mm-hmm. add to uh, the characters, I guess, state of mind and where they are, and it yes. like really brings everything just out in the forefront. Yeah, I, yeah. I think half of like Scott Pilgrim's jokes are someone saying something and then like a cell phone ringer going off as a punchline. Yeah, you know, like little things like that. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even. I don't even know if it would read in the script. He has to just be that aware of him. Right, he knows what it will look like yeah. visually. Yeah, have you ever read like I think like Tarantino scripts are like that where. He knows he's gonna shoot it, so he'll just write like badass action scene happens, and he just—he, I know it. I got this covered. Right. I'll be fine. Well, it's because he's not just some like guy that Warner Brothers or whoever is like, hey, can you write a funny little comic book movie? (laughs) Make sure to add a pretty lady in it. Yeah. Got to make him fall in love. But so I I think it's significant that the the three Blood and Cornetto trilogy films. I just call them the Cornetto. Just Cornetto. Just yeah. It's fine. There's gonna be some angry angry nerds. But they're gonna be angry. No matter it's, what, it's also Cornetto ice cream. In case anyone's curious, right? Which is is that only in the UK? I don't think I've I ever so. seen that. In. It's there's like a th- we well, have it's the, that. It's here. the three flavors. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's more than three flavors of ice cream. No, just Ryan. no. <laughs> Pro, well, if you no, can prove that to me right now, chocolate, praline, <laughs> and and sw- and swirl, and that's it. That's the only flavors of ice cream. And swirl is two different flavors, but don't think <laughs> yeah. about it. Think about it. That's the only flavor of ice cream. Um, but so the the Cornetto movies. And Scott Pilgrim are all very frantic, high-paced mm-hmm. movies that have this sort of like really crazy comic book energy to them. And Baby Driver is very different in that regard. Now this kind of segues yes, back to yeah. Baby Driver. Um, Baby Driver is more of like a classic movie. It felt a lot it, more calm down. Like yeah. it's, it's still crazy in so many exciting, fun ways. Mm-hmm. But it, I think compared to Edgar Wright's uh, oeuvre. Is that a good word? word, yeah. That's a college word. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know there we it. go. Yeah. Compared to his previous works, um, it, it seems much more of like like any director could have done this until you watch it for like five minutes. You're like, okay, no, they couldn't. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. the way that movie is paced and structured, it feels just like a normal movie that could have come out of the 70s. You know, it's like a... It was much more of like a genre. You, it actually reminded, yeah. me, it reminded me of a, a Tarantino movie. A I think that's bit. something you texted me. You're like, Edgar Wright, if this is if Edgar Wright made a Tarantino movie. Yeah, and, and this is going to sound like an insult. It felt like it was more of like a mainstream film for him in a weird way. Just like, oh, yeah. It just felt like I'm dialing back a little bit. We're not going to have like Zelda crazy. sound effects going. Right. I wonder if how much that had to do with the chemistry that he had with the people on set. Because, of course, he may have had good chemistry with Jamie Foxx and Anson and all these sure, other sure. people. But the friendship that he actually has with Simon Pegg and the relationship he has with that trio with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, I'm sure right. that added a lot to the movie-making experience. And this time it's like him doing his own project. Because yeah. he did something like this in a music video. Yeah, I, I, there's a music video he did with uh, like the dudes from the Mighty Boosh, which, by the way, if you guys haven't watched mm-hmm. Mighty Boosh, so good. Yeah, Noel Fielding <laughs> and, like, and, and, and uh, Felding or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Nick Frost. Which like, apparently that's in for like half a second in Baby Driver. Yeah, the whole flipping scene. between channels. Yeah, the, oh, is it really? Yeah, it's sense. like it's like Noel Fielding at a, in a car for he like He loves seconds. that joke of like a TV edits telling a phrase. Like that's the best part from Hot Fuzz. Where yes. Like flipping the channels like reports are in. Right. Of people oh, and- being <laughs> eaten a lot. Like just <laughs> different channels to yeah, say yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, the music video I think is just that scene from Baby Driver where he's waiting for yeah. the bank robbery. Like oh. it's just him. It's Noel Fielding doing... Like the whole, you have two minutes and 35 seconds and just kind of dancing and let the car as mm-hmm. the song plays. The idea, I think, came to him in 94 or That's something. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. To sit on an idea for that long. Yeah. And, and have it turn out so good. Just, and, well, I don't want to jump to like other topics I was just <laughs> I was, I was going to jump right into the music of the film but well, we well, that's, that, that makes sense it's, well, it's such a I crucial mean, part of the are we right from, for right now I mean from this point on do we want to get into the meat of the movie should we also just say I don't know we want everyone to go see Baby Driver right. do we want to like 
say we might spoil parts of the I plot. I think we We're, probably will. Spoil we've already spoiled other movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you haven't seen Baby Driver, go see it and don't listen to the rest of this until you see it. Put a pause. Run straight to the theater. It's not a spoilable movie. It's not like, oh, there was this crazy plot twist. But so much of that movie is like the experience of watching it and just having these moments of delight when you're like, yeah. oh, there's that thing and oh, this thing's happening. Well, yeah, and, it's a heist movie and yeah. you know every good heist movie stuff goes wrong. Right. So that's not a spoiler. It's more like, how is it going to go wrong? Exactly. Yeah. You're watching a car chase. It's <laughs> I like, you know, like there's there's building blocks there. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the music is like 90% of this movie. More Which than is even... just like it's insane how good the soundtrack is and how eclectic it. That's what felt like Tarantino oh, yeah, to yeah. me is he'll find these like obscure like B side singles from the '60s and he's like, okay, we're gonna do a whole sequence I, around this song. I think that other than um, Lionel Richie's "Easy Like Sunday Morning" song, that was the yeah. only like top forty track he used. Everything else felt kind of like a nice Te- deep well, cut. He used uh, "Golden Earring." Tequila oh, right. he does have another one. That's right. He used yeah. "Golden Earring," "Radar Love," which was big. True. Um, there were definitely some big hits in that soundtrack but it did but a feel lot more of, like these are some personal favorites of mine yes yeah. but the best one I thought like a queen was... song that like no one lists in their top 10 queen <laughs> songs which was the finale of the film you're oh, like oh so it's good. So, good. so good and then they set that up like when he's listening to that on his iPod he's like oh this is like your go to song it's like they are playing this song as part of the Chekhov's gun for this oh yeah it's. I don't it's, know if Chekhov's gun is the right term for no, it's, I'm just it's using a it for everything it's a setup and a knockdown it's a setup um, it's, it's like it's not enough to just say oh yeah Brighton Rock by Queen it's like we're gonna play it for you and just embed that in your subconscious so when it comes back later you're fucking ready for it well you know I think it's interesting I don't know if you guys saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yes I, I definitely had a great time with it but both of these films do uh, the music of the movie is like tied into the plot mm-hmm. yes like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 a couple different songs are like Related to the characters, actually, means a lot more ham fisted yeah. in Guardians, no, Guardians of the Galaxy. Two is a lot too. more like I listened to well, a tape player, well, my mom gave it to me. And there's no yeah. setup for any individual songs. No, yeah, it just sort of happens. They're more like they fit the mood. This is like this, but the song music does play joke. definitely yeah. a big part in both of the films. It's but it's interesting to see them using these are rock songs that tie to it, and then seeing all these other movies that try to do that and it fails completely, like mm-hmm. uh, Suicide Squad. That right. Like every oh every that's every just a minutes. marketing team trying to. Well, Trailer Company also edited that movie. Again, right? Like, yeah. Apparently, yeah, like five different edits of that. Movie. Can we put yeah. five different songs in the first five minutes of the film, please? And it's also like Led Zeppelin and like Water <laughs> and all this, but it has nothing tied to the plot. So even those are great songs, just kind of like I'm just watching an ad, yep, or whatever it is. Which is unfortunate because like I've, I'd love that Edgar Wright got the f- everything out of a song that you could in yes. the soundtrack of a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like the highest you can go with incorporating a soundtrack into your film. Yes. In fact, there was the opening sequence of the movie where he's getting the coffee. That's that's yeah, my favorite yeah, song yeah, yeah. used Which, in the movie, and the fav- my favorite yeah, sequence. And, and it was like that scene. I was like, okay, I love this movie. And it's like three, five minutes into mm-hmm. the movie, and it's just like oh, he's I'm, walking I'm around, at, he's dancing. I, I meant the opening scene. <laughs> oh, the very opening yeah. with, with uh, bell bottoms. Bell bottoms, so <laughs> fucking good. No, I'm that, talking about after that with when the, he's getting okay, the coffee. Yeah. He's walking around, he's dancing, and all the lyrics are just in the all, world like around him. Like graffiti on and shit. Wait, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, they're graffitied and on stickers and. The, the lyrics go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like graffiti on the wall behind him that goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's kind of blurry, out of focus. I noticed like That's halfway great. through the song. And I was like, oh my God, it's everywhere. <laughs> Everything around him. And like, he'll walk.
walk by a sign, and the sign has some lyrics on it, and it's like synced up with that part of the song. He'll walk, he's walking he'll, by. He'll walk by the instrument store, and yep. then he'll start playing the exact instrument that's like it's being on display. So, so he integrated because he did it in Scott Pilgrim a lot. It would just be the lyrics would actually disappear. They yes. would like float like text. This so was, was more like in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I didn't even notice that. It was. It's like worth seeing the movie again. Just I mean, I'm at, da- at yeah, some I'm point we're going to. Yeah, at some point that scene will be on YouTube, and you just watch it over and over and be like, oh, it's so fucking smart. Um, but I love that it doesn't. It's not in your face. Like you didn't notice. That. I was like, I bet a lot of people in this theater. It was a packed theater when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I bet like half the people here haven't noticed this shit. I didn't notice it till halfway through the song. Well, that's the nature of all of his movies, right? Like I think the fifth time I watched Hot Fuzz, it's like a dumb joke. It won't even play unless you've seen the scene where uh, uh, Timothy Dalton, who like plays one of the bad guys of the movie, like smiles of like a fuck you smile at at Nicholas Angel, and then there's the like employee of the month photo, perfectly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. right behind him, and like mm-hmm. they don't call it out. But if you notice that later, you're like, oh god, every single shot is just which is identical to a bit from Airplane. Oh, you're where it's right, a little yeah. more ham-fisted, where he just is like hands on the on the table, really mad, and just sort of pans <laughs> back, and he's true. the exact same shot. <laughs> that's true on the wall. But that kind um, of level of care is so awesome. But yeah, like it works as a visual joke and a homage to this other movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like all these fucking layers. Oh, Edgar. I met Edgar very briefly. Really? Did yes. you get to shake his hand? I did get to shake his hand. I went to Fuck a screening you, of Scott Pilgrim, and afterwards he like said oh. a few things. Um, was this during Comic Con? Because it was a bunch. No, of this was a, at like a rooftop of a hotel in in Hollywood. It was like a weird Hollywood Bear. Yeah, Hollywood. It was like a friend of a friend was like, <laughs> "Hey, you want to see Scott Pilgrim?" I'm like, "I've already seen it, but I'll see it again." Mm-hmm. And then Edgar Wright was there at the end. We're like, "Oh shit!" And I just sort of like pushed my way through the crowd and awkwardly stuck out my hand. I was like, <laughs> "I just I want I want to say to touch like, like the whole power. time we're shaking hands. I'm like, I just I want to thank you for movies. I thank thank you." <laughs> He's like, okay, I gotta go. Please get this strange man and away from me. And I have a me. photo of like the back of my head and Edgar clearly not wanting You'd to be there. escorted away. Is that yeah. framed in your ha- is it like house be. somewhere? I should frame it. The I back should. of your head with Edgar Wright. <laughs> yeah, it's like a blurry, shitty photo for a blurry, shitty moment. <laughs> so it's kind of fitting. I have a small theory, um, by the way, that Scott Pilgrim didn't do as well because he had so many free screens of it. I, I encountered like ten free screens. That's a good of point. Scott Pilgrim, like uh, Comic Con. I remember they had the panel for it that year. And they had it in Hall H, and there's this thing where it's like, now after the movie, now after the panel, half of us are going to go see it right now. And yeah, like, all of those, which is like out. half of your audience. Yeah, there was like three other screens at Comic Con that weekend in LA. There was all these free ones. I think they just let everyone see it for free. I think I saw that movie three times in theaters, yeah. which is insane for me because I only see movies once, if ever, in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think two of those were free. So you're a thrifty man. I'm a thrifty man, and I like me some some good movies. I saw Baby Driver twice. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a good experience. What'd you think of the southern accents yeah. in that film? <laughs> what I think of the That's southern... a place in Georgia, yeah. right? It was Atlanta? Yeah. It, it, oh, did... I guess it was, yeah. Other yeah. than the love interest having a southern accent, does anyone have a southern accent? A baby. Oh, a baby does he? He has like a slight draw or something. Yeah. 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 I also love the that the we got the perfect amount of backstory for baby, mm-hmm. which is like here's his childhood, here's why he listens to music, go. Yeah. Just like you're good. Like they didn't even explain why he was so good at driving. They're just like, "Oh, from day 1 he was just a really good driver." People and that's it. People like I that I know and like that I've seen had problems with like the simplicity of that, but I had I was like so I, I I had no qualms with that yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. I I feel like the the biggest Criticism I could have of the movie is that the overall plot, the plot is very, very simple. Yeah. And I think in any other circumstance, I'd be like, yeah, like I wanted more depth to this or I wanted more going on here. But to me, it's the way the story was told was was that journey. 
Yeah. And and that's enough for me. I don't I, need to have... I'm also not really a story guy, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really bother me as much for a movie to have an okay plot. Well, it's also set up for them to have so many characters, because like, each character in that heist pretty much has like a little bit of an arc. Like Exactly. You have all these yeah. tiny little stories happening everywhere, and you learn all these little bits and pieces, especially with the other people working on the heist. Like, there's that element of, is this their real backstory? Is it not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you only, when you have Kevin Spacey being like, oh, his name is like Leon. It's like, okay, that's real. I mean, yeah. but yeah, the you know, rest is. I hadn't thought about it until now. It's kind of interesting. Every heist movie has the scene and they kind of play with them a little bit where it's like, all right, like every Ocean's Eleven has the like, here's the complicated montage. We're going to see you break in, knock out the guards. Baby never hears, like he hears it, but he it doesn't concern. He just we sees don't the aftermath it. and sees yeah. what's going on through like a window or something. He's just waiting as the driver. He never we just see them like walking with guns and they run back out we never know what they're really doing he'll maybe say like you're gonna steal some bail bonds or whatever yeah we never really learn anything about Doc yeah we just sort of know that you know he I love that he had a kid what was it oh it's Doc Doc's Kevin Spacey's character right yeah yeah yeah. he has like a kid that just like he takes care of it was his nephew nephew. nephew. that entire scene was great yeah Um, really enjoyed kid playing on like a Vita or whatever that was yeah yeah Um, probably is that movie made by Sony it's probably made by Sony right I think it was I think it was actually oh oh, 100% Um, but you you were saying what you thought the weakest point of the movie was yeah it's just like it's like like I I, I don't expect great storytelling from a heist movie I want to see the heist I want to see what goes wrong I want to see the inner personal drama and it just delivered on all those things mm-hmm. so I can't really fault it for that yeah, yeah. besides just my own personal pet peeves of like for once in a goddamn movie I want the love interest to go wait you're a psychopath yeah, please yeah. get away from me oh that's me. not gonna happen in it this needs movie to, well, it but, drives me up the wall when it's like oh I met this lovely well, girl in a diner and that, she fell in love with me instantly because we had two dates and now I show up and shoot a man and she says oh I will run to the ends of the earth with you that's my biggest problem with the movie Her is the uh, characterization yeah. and just she's the, very I, I very thought, tropey I thought the uh, I just didn't I did not get the chemistry between uh Deborah and baby yeah. I, I, I I for me didn't work at all like I, I watched the scenes a second time because I was like okay maybe maybe I need to get it, you it, know, yeah, it just it's it like a song right that was that was yeah. kind of it and maybe it wasn't the events but I guess also uh I mean the acting was fine there was just something about baby and Deborah's chemistry that just didn't sell it for I, me they didn't actually get to know each other right there, as you as you said, you know, as you yeah. just perfectly explained, mm-hmm. hey, uh, I, I know a song with Deborah in it. <laughs> this. All right, I will lose. I will drop everything let's, that I mean. I have. Let's commit Grand Theft Auto. Great. No, but he's like a murderer. And no, he's in all this bad shit. And well, this is the downside of it, right? Is like Deborah works as a plot point more than anything. She's she's yes. almost like the MacGuffin. Like I got to get out of here so I can. Except he's not a MacGuffin. She's not a character. Um, I don't remember his name, but like his caretaker, the the deaf guy. Sure. And that could have been, I mean, it was his like, oh, I can't let him get hurt. And he kept saying to him, like, I, you know, I, I failed you and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, and like, yeah. that stuff worked for me. That felt genuine. Mm-hmm. The the love interest stuff fell flat for me. No, I agree. I, I would say, yeah, strength and weakness is like, she's just the end goal. I got to get out of here and drop my old deaf man off at a, like, at a home. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole scene was great. That was pretty great. But like yeah. her, she just re- equals freedom, right? Just like, what is her character though? Explain like, yeah. explain like, what what's the best you could do with like, what? Who is Deborah? What is her character in the movie? Maybe maybe Edgar just really, really wanted those um, like black and white shots where she's staying in front of the, right, yeah, the yeah. Cadillac or whatever. And he's just like, I want that in the movie. And they're like, well, who's the girl? And he's like, ah, well, some girl. 
Like, it just feels very half-baked, especially it, for yeah. him. I'm not excusing this by the way. I, I just kind of took it as, like, I'm playing up this old 70s trope of a movie type of, like, she yeah. just represents <clears throat> this, like, floating angel out there. I'll get to that. And I'm not just. I don't think that's great. I just think that's how he, he handled and it. Yeah. I would have I, I bought that. And I think it works with the movie's earlier, like, the movies that you're talking yeah, about, yeah. that they actually do that. But with this movie, it just there's so many legitimately interesting people within the movie and to have right. the main person who's driving his emotions yeah, yeah. which means it's supposed to be driving you no pun intended right? yeah <laughs> I hey but like and if it's not and if it's not selling it's not really giving you much to want to kind of like go go baby right, go like, run yeah, away he with has her. to succeed he has to get to yeah Deborah. it's it, like hey, it's like there. maybe he won't I like know. in my head i'm like Deborah could die and that could be a big loss <laughs> and like uh, the end goal right. isn't be going I felt with Deborah more for upset me. for john ham when when darling died well, oh my yeah. god john ham is probably so my good f- is my favorite performance in the film yeah 100 percent well, you know, I will just add, because you're asking, like, how could you do Deborah better? I would have loved, I do like that she was, like, down, right? It was kind of, it just made it fun to, to yeah. it. I would have liked, this is just me spitballing, you do something like, you know, he comes clean to her, like, yeah, when they come, when he has to come back in the diner with the rest of the heist, and he has to kind of explain, like, yeah, I, I help steal, and people die because of me. I always wanted to be like, yeah, you know, I do, like, steal from this company. Like, I, I almost wanted to be like, I take money from the till. Yeah, right. just, just like a, a minor character like, flaw to give her yeah. a, something other than positivity. I can justify yeah. your thieving because I also thieve on it th- or something. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're cl- more yeah. than they re- closer than they realize or something like that. Just that's, that's a, I almost wonder if there's something like that that was just deleted for time or, sure. or pacing. Because you're right. She was too perfect. And, and also, there was a little bit of that like Oedipus complex going on there, where oh, in the yeah. first scene in the diner, the other waitress is like, "Yeah, he's been coming here. Maybe I think his mom used to work here. She's singing a song like mm-hmm. his mom used to sing." And so well, that this movie does there. a few things where, and I, I I loved and also was confused by it, where like the plot you think it's gonna go a certain way. Like mm-hmm. I, if you had asked me halfway through the movie, it paused and been like. What's going to be the end game? It's going to be Kevin Spacey as the main guy running the whole thing is going to take Deborah away. Right. And he's going to have to, like, drive to her and get her out. Yep. But, like, it goes in such a weird way. It's like, oh, no, Kevin Spacey is actually on your side, kind of. Like, he turns yeah. a leaf. and It just John, sort of does a little pivot. Yeah, right like, it kept doing little pivots like that where I, I feel like the best version of Deborah is you think you're going to have this long thing of baby having to convince Deborah to, like, don't worry about it. I'm not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, her... Being on board is supposed to be a pivot, but at the expense of her character. Yeah, it's supposed to be almost like a we don't want we don't want to see that. It, it mm. makes it too easy for things to kind of progress, and it, it and sometimes that's not a bad thing. But it was in the unbelievable way, sure, of that like it happened. Like all of a sudden she's because we know nothing really about her, and all we can tell is like okay, she's okay with him shooting a person in a bar. Okay, she's okay with helping him commit Grand Theft Auto. Right, right. She's um, okay with dropping her entire life and running away with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's okay with waiting five years. Uh, wh- yeah. <clears throat> well, what do you guys think of that whole ending? the ending? Yeah, with with the it's definitely meant to be ambiguous. So to have you go, yeah. it could have been this or this or like maybe it was a dream. Yeah. Oh, really? You guys? T- I t- I took that as so the, the just explains the part of where they are on the run. Mm-hmm. And then the cops do have them cornered, and Baby goes to prison for five years. Yes. And everyone he's interacting with in the movie is like, you know, he stole my car, but he gave me my purse. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, those payoffs. So. Yeah, all those. It's like, oh, he said, like, I'm sorry, ma'am. It's just yeah, like, yeah. oh, like that came back. Like, 
the, I didn't expect that. Kind of like what you were saying earlier. Like mm-hmm. I didn't expect the goose to come back. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect the one with the purse to actually kind of be important in even a small sense later on. Even though he did hold a gun to her head. <laughs> he did. He was waiting in the general direction. To. He yeah. could have sneezed and her brains would have been all over yeah, uh, right. all over the backseat of the car. But, but you took that as I, I took that as like, okay, our character if he gets gets away with Deborah is kind of a false thing because he has committed a sin, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I, so, so he needs I, to I come took clean it as, away. Because the ending, it sort of is that same sort of dream sequence thing of her with the car, but then it goes in the color. So you're like, okay, I guess it's real, even though there's a super saturated rainbow behind him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think was a callback to to a song earlier in the movie that's something about rainbows. That and sounds stuff. right. Because like every song tied in all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was a really strange because. Any other genre movie like that would just end with them driving off into the sunset, and this yeah, one was yeah. like, nope, he went to jail. And they also gave him. I thought I was. <laughs> but actually, they still give him a happy ending. That's they how it started the end at yeah. first. Yeah, I actually thought they're gonna do the bummer ending of like he's just in prison and he writes to her and you never see him get out because the director would be like, no, he's got to. We got to end on a. He's yeah. learned his lesson and he's gonna <laughs> maybe he'll get off in three years, but then we just time jump to five years later and he's out. Right. So the prison and they haven't aged at all. It's fine. Don't yeah. Worry so the prison doesn't really matter, but it just for the characters like conscious. To be I think clean? it's just yeah. Edgar Wright being like, "Yeah, he didn't get away." Yeah, I think that's it. They must have. They must have had a line probably somewhere in that movie where it's like, "You can't run for it." It must have been something like that yeah. to set them wait, up. Wait, wait. Uh, it was in the beginning. It was in the beginning. Remember, he's like, "Someday this is gonna catch up with you." Uh, he played Shane in The Walking Dead. What's his name? John oh, Bernthal. Oh yeah, yeah. Played yeah. Uh, the Punisher. The guy, hench- right? yeah, yeah, he played the henchman in the beginning. That ne- that's like, if you never see me again, <laughs> I'm dead. And we and we never and we never saw him again. So he's I'm dead. so I'm like wondering if like if I asked Edgar Wright, "Hey, is this character dead in the universe?" 100 yes. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I love that. That he. He actually puts that much work to where right. you can assume, yeah, that character's dead because that's like, just his stuff. Oh. It's his kind of consistent internal movie logic. Yeah. It's like, this is the world that we're in. Can I, can I share one of my favorite things with Edgar Wright that I think is kind of related to this? Because it might be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember hearing from actors on the set of Scott Pilgrim that Edgar Wright gave each of the actors an envelope with a secret about their character that only they're allowed to know. Hmm. So Aubrey Plaza, who plays a minor character as like one of uh, Ramona's like friends. Yeah, she works at the coffee shop. She works at the coffee shop. Yeah. Like he gave her a letter that's like, don't tell anyone this. This is just for you to know as a character. And it was like, you're secretly in love with Scott Pilgrim. Like hmm. look, little things that motivate all of their characters. Yeah. To give them little ticks. Yeah, just the little things. And like, Makes them I'm more sure believable. that happened for everyone in this Baby Driver movie. Oh, 100%. Like, these are your character motivations, even if we don't say it. Right, because there, there, you do get a sense that there's a lot of history in this world. It doesn't just feel like, oh, we're in a movie, and uh, nice to meet you. It's like, there's history between a lot of these characters. Um, it's a nice plot device that he never does the same heist with yes. the same crew, because then you constantly have these new people coming in and being like, oh, I'm this person. Like, have you worked with this guy? Oh, man, this baby, he's crazy driver. It, it was a nice payoff that, like, the first heist, I think it was John Hammond and... Uh, it was Flea and... Jason Barenthal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, I like that John Bernthal. A, yeah, I John like, Bernthal. I like that there's a payoff though that like John Hamm and his I'm forgetting his his Jamie Fox. No, his uh, his wife girlfriend's name. Oh, uh, darling, darling. Like right. they're kind of on unhinged, and you mm-hmm. see the other heist that Jamie Fox is unhinged. So as soon as they're together, you already have this like dread of like this is not a good crew. Like, right, and there was the um, tell. I don't know the actor's name, but it was the the, the guy who puts the Asian in Home Invasion. Oh yeah, which is a great line. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that I love yeah. that character. He was a great character. He was just great. the way he talked and yeah. the way he like gave looks. I can't, thing is like you 
you get the sense that like they know who their characters are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know enough to get the plot moving. We don't have to spend like, yeah, man, I grew up on the streets and it was rough and this is my motivation. It's like you just you know you're you're in. Can can I use this to pivot off of a, a similar idea? Because going along with that every frame of painting video, which yes. is it uses Edgar Wright's strength in visual storytelling to compare it to all the other recent like comedies even though this isn't really a comedy right but within the well, same it's, it's like an action comedy it's, it's the most sort of. actiony out of everything he's done yeah. yeah but the same weekend i saw like the house that amy poehler oh is it like a shot there. b shot wide it's, shot type it's of all thing exactly what he talks about in that video and i was i've already just been so burnt out on it but it's like improv heavy like characters just kind of yelling about things you can tell they're clearly like just throwing stuff out there we'll just see what sticks on the screen sometimes mm-hmm. that can work Judd Apatow's made that work for yeah. like four or five movies. <laughs> He's made a career out of he made it. Made a career out of it. Yeah, and you can see in the and see in the outtakes of those movies, like you'll see Judd Apatow like say something about your uh, penis. You say something about your penis. Say about your penis, and the, here's a joke, and they'll try it, and they'll laugh, and they'll yeah. put it in the edit. Like, mm-hmm. but I think comparing Edgar Wright's where everything's meticulously planned to all these other movies where. I guess we'll just figure it out as we shoot it. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll be good. We'll get some good comedic actors. Shotgun and, right. filmmaking. It's like Jack, Edgar Wright has to know in advance what that movie looks like. I mean, that's how those visual jokes work. Is like, you know the pacing of that scene. You know where the camera is in every single shot. Like, he plans that shit out and it fucking works. Yeah. So you have like a thousand little... little Payoffs everywhere. Every moment you're getting it. Every frame of painting. Every moment a payoff. That's that's well, that's my pivot. <laughs> well, that. well, specifically with Baby Driver, it all has to like it has to be re- directed to a T because if it's not, then it's out of sync, and then you don't have what Baby Driver is, which is kind of a. I've seen people describe it as a. Uh, a musical of sorts, right? Yeah, so. yeah. which it very much is. I, mean, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if there's ever a moment where the music stops, except for that great moment of like when uh, John Hamm's character like like shoots out by his ears and he goes yeah. deaf for a second. You feel it, or like when the yeah. music stops, mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. iPod. You feel every moment the music's not playing. Yeah, I think there are a couple scenes where there's either no music or just like normal bed music. Yeah, yeah, not like soundtrack music. Uh, but whenever there is an absence, you feel it. It's like when. He's trying to leave late at night to escape, and they like show up and like stop him. Like sure, I don't think there's totally. music in that scene, which just puts you on edge with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, that that scene made me like. It took me aback more than uh, it did the second time because the first time I saw him, he's like, "I'm gonna take something away from you," and everybody's thinking he's gonna shoot Deborah probably. Oh, yeah. But when then he shoots on the side of his ear, I'm like, "Oh no, he just made him fucking deaf." I definitely thought he was gonna be deaf for the rest of his <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, I "Holy thought, I thought that was fuck!" Where we're gonna go with that. But then, uh, I mean. His 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 ears were still like like they were ringing hard. Up. They were still yeah. muffled pretty yeah. badly. But he could hear. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he touched. Did it make his hearing worse? You think? Yeah, I think because he touched. Yeah. yeah, at the end, you, he touched. I saw the that. Yeah. I would I would guess there's a draft where like he just lost his hearing, mm-hmm. and then like yeah. Deborah, he like likes the, the, the feeling the, of her then voice. He, the worst yeah. thing is like he loses his hearing, and then he loses his feet, so he can't drive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he like slowly cuts off his feet. <laughs> right. Hold on, he's like, like, you like, can't hear, and you can't drive. Because I love the fact that he goes down the touch the stereo because that's exactly what. Uh, the guy he was looking after, right? It's like his, his, his uh, foster, as you said, little things. Yeah, yeah, as you said, little things that are put in place that get I brought really up again. I really liked his his foster dad. Great character. character. I love yeah. the yeah. actor who played him and the way he played him was. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, the, it was like, it was goofy, but like that good goofy. But like he touches the speaker, and he's like, "Who's the girl?" You know, <laughs> yeah, like that kind of shit. We're like, "Oh yeah." You can tell it's a love song. Yeah, yeah. um, and I I, I love the. Uh, the, when he's watching TV at like the very fucking beginning and like Monsters Inc. is on. Oh, yeah. That has payoff later. It's just like, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I just, when I, whenever I watch a movie like that or like a Tarantino movie, it just, it feels like you're in good hands 
it's this like you're being cradled by oh, the yeah. director and well, it's like feel, don't worry like this will all make sense and you're gonna have this little story told you, you. feel someone cared about it enough right. to like really put this a wasn't some it, like yeah. corporate machine like we need to make an emoji movie because we bought the rights why did we buy the rights because they were on sale it was also uh, it was actually apparently maybe this is inside uh inside I, told exec- I told my executive when we were uh me and my partner were trying to pitch there at one point like i think it was like sold in the room i think a guy came in as like emoji movie and they're like, it's the world inside your phone, and they they bought it then and there. Right. Ugh. It's not even like a we just haven't had the license. Like I just had this idea, and they're like, we get it. Let's do it. All right. Let's Can we get TJ Miller. TJ Miller's always available. Let's do it. <laughs> got him on speed dial. We got him on speed dial. Yeah. yeah. Did you see him in Deadpool? Hilarious. <laughs> but, it, it's like, <laughs> but it's like you know, like the the story that Edgar Wright had this idea, you know, 20, 20, 25 years ago or whatever. For like. This was an, a situation where you know Ant Man fell through or whatever, oh, whatever that yeah. story was. You can, can tell some of the oh, yeah, you can tell some of the stuff in Ant Man. We can that talk about he had that in a, a second. Of. I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, oh man. But just there's, like that fell through, and then like he had an opportunity to like pitch an idea, and he was like, "This is what I want to make," and they let him make it, and you know it was like a thirty-five million dollar budget, which for, which probably went all to the cast. You yeah. know, like all of the the uh, the race scenes, all the heist scenes, those were all practical effects. There weren't CG oh, cars. So nice, it was practical. It was real him. cars, and yeah. you felt it. And it was shot to give you that sense that they were real cars. Because the characters actually move with the weight, like, with exactly. the momentum oh, totally, that the car yeah. chases are um, going in, unlike other movies. There was obviously CG mo- used in, in in certain. Well, to touch it up, I, yeah. But it wasn't like a but big. Like, it wasn't like a big CG car bursting through a building, yeah. Or a hundred bursting through a bunch of windows, Fast and Furious. The I most know. Recent I do one. think Baby should join the crew of Fast and Furious now. Like <laughs> they're the they, same universe. They need now. a they need like a new Paul Walker and Clint Eastwood's character. son's not gonna do it. So they mm-hmm. need like I think Baby joins the crew. You know Edgar Wright's <laughs> directing the next one. You're joking right I'm now. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you you just went so dead. Sad. I had a lot. Of, no, I have a lot of love for Fast and Furious. So I actually would. They need a shot in the arm. That'd be great. Well, and, and like also, I mean, kind of speaking of Fast and Furious and like literally everything that Hollywood is making right now, it's just really good to see a good movie that yeah. just feels good and it's not part of a 500 movie series. Oh, it's well, not some of a dark universe. It's not it's not <laughs> it's not an adaptation yeah. of a of a book or a graphic novel or a comic book. It's yeah. just an original story that was clearly meant to be a movie and it does its job well. And it's like I'm done. I'm out. Apparently, he's just thinking feels really of a sequel. Good. He's thinking of a sequel. I hope not. I'm okay with that, but I prefer not. I, I just, prefer that just this is it. Yeah. It's, it sounds really selfish because like he can do what he wants, but like for me, I want him just to continue to make mini masterpieces that stand on their own yep. type of thing because it all it all I, I believe, gels. I, I think the problem when you do a story like Baby Driver where a character has its reaches its conclusion, like. Mm-hmm. You're gonna just you're gonna have to fall into the same traps of like there's one more heist baby. Right. <laughs> this is the last one. Yeah, isn't that like, isn't that the quote in every Fast and Furious trailer after like the second one? Pretty it's much. Like, this is this it. Is, after this, I'm out. Right. I thought yeah. you were out. Well, we got one they're last job. Really, yeah. Even when characters pass away, they're still in the heist. They, right. G, they CGI them. Uh, one last job. Do you want to talk about Ant Man? I do want to talk about Ant Man because that yeah. was the whole time I watched it. It was almost bittersweet oh, to watch Baby Driver go. Speaking of heist movies, Ant Man is a heist movie get, essentially. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. And like this is there's like things, a Mission Impossible fucking like wire drop and everything. And to Edgar credit, I read a lot of like interviews in the last couple weeks where every interview wants to go. So like you're doing a heist movie now. Your other heist movie you, you stepped away from from Ant Man. If everyone he, like if everyone doesn't know the history he was doing Ant-Man for like eight to ten years like before Iron Man was a thing he was working on Ant-Man yeah it was always like a, a passion project and they just kept working on it kept working on it Marvel made the empire it has now in film and mm-hmm. they, they like stepped away from Ant-Man with like a year left 
like a year before, like they were shooting it, I think, or about to shoot it. Yeah, I don't think he ever shot. I mean, besides like early tests, he definitely stuff. like cast Paul Rudd. I, I know so. that he had cast Paul Rudd because he remembers. And he like, was he yeah. was uh, billed as like lead writer on it, or something. he still has shit. story credit. Yeah, yeah. I, I I saw an interview where he like said that him and the new director Peyton Reed or whatever was like. They were fine and amicable, but all he said was like, hey, just please don't use my storyboards. So he had to board it out. Like, he had a movie to be made. There were so many moments when I was watching it, man, where I was like, if Edgar Wright had his hands on this, this joke would land. Yes. Over and over and over. It was just like, this is something that he, like, kind of like you were talking about earlier, but like, Mm the Tarantino's like, I'm just going to write an action scene. Like, done. Like, he knows in his head how that beat works. And so when it's written out, it's just like, oh, like, it zooms in. And, but I, yeah. it's like so in someone else's hands it just sort of does a thing and it's like that could have been a joke with the right editing yeah there's a few, there's so many moments in I would Man love, that could have been funny but were just sort of played as like oh that's just how it goes I would love to compare scripts there's a few things in Ant-Man that like, I could be randomly guessing I feel like uh, the jokes of Michael Pena's character like doing kind of hypercuts to like a mm-hmm. bunch of series of stories <laughs> that evolve in new places that felt very that felt Edgar, Edgar Wright I think like, Which, fall, the, the, like there's an ongoing joke where like Michael Pena's character like knows something through a series of stories and they'll be like so I'm at like a oh, wine yeah, I saw yeah, this yeah, like a wine I mixer. saw this hot chick right, yeah. right? And she told yeah. me this, and because of this, and because of this, because of this. Which that, with that that Cornetto style that fast feels editing. like Edgar Wright. Yeah. Uh, them falling through the air in a suitcase while uh, the Pixies song goes on. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that feels like an Edgar Wright joke. I remember specifically there were two moments in that movie where I was like, this would have been hysterical instead of like okay. Mm-hmm. It was it was when they were watching the was like Cold War era footage of yes. the original Ant Man, and he's like ping ponging around and like zooms in really fast, and you get this still of like the tiny little guy like ha ha here I go. Like, <laughs> yeah, that could have been hilarious with just a little bit of better pacing to that joke. Yeah, Instead yeah. of just being like, oh man, they're all falling down. That's crazy. Oh, it was a tiny guy. Like, that would have been very, very funny if it was just like a little bit snappier of just this it's like, up a bam! Like, you're like, oh fuck, it was a tiny dude the whole time. That, and then also it was after the, the briefcase thing where they're falling out of the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And then they land in the pool and it's like a wide shot where you just hear these tiny little bloop. Oh, yeah. It's just like they're like tiny little like it's the, the whole movie's joke is something big and grand and then cutting down to and then it was a really tiny thing. Scale, it's like yeah. the, it's like half those jokes hit for me, and the other half were like, I get it, they're small. <sighs> I would love to see. I feel of like movie. his version yeah. of that would have been constantly making fun of this fact and like always having fun, but with it not it. getting old. Right, because he knows he's just yeah, I, he knows com he knows I love Edgar Wright. He knows com I want to kidnap him, wear a skin, put it on, and they'll direct like him. Right. I mean, I think uh, when it comes, I think he's really smart. When it comes, <laughs> they fucking oh, I want his brain. When it comes to Ant Man, the thing that I have a problem understanding is why this company <laughs> thought that they needed Ant Man in their cinematic universe. Like they can't like he could have been in the universe, I guess. But like, did they really need to create such a such a divide between them and a very talented director where they they couldn't give him this one movie of this character sure. that doesn't really revolve that much even around the movies. Go see the other Marvel movies. Like, Ant-Man, yeah. even though he's in them, he's not like every, anyone's favorite saying, like, character. I, I mean, we never, he's only just said it vaguely wise, like creative differences. It's sure, everyone seems to think it's like they wanted to fit it, fit it more into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and he probably didn't want to that's, as much. That's definitely, I think probably I, that, that probably has to be. probably that they were in some of his crazier ideas. I mean, like, sort of my, my hunch. I like the scene, but I feel like the scene in Ant-Man where uh, he lands in an Avengers compound and fights uh, oh my Falcon, like, right. it's fun as that is it's so not related to the story and that main character it was done well but yeah I could it, see a director going like that's not what the story's about he doesn't he's not dealing well, yeah, with yeah you see a movie like Baby Driver where like every moment yeah. is something that is leading to something else 
there's no time for like we're gonna take this little side adventure and then go back to the plot yeah Mar- I mean I get it that, I think there's another every frame of painting about it where how Marvel particularly all, all the big franchises are doing like they are steering the directors and writers in such a path that they all kind of look like they're made by the same people like they're all yeah they have the same color palette the same color, same color palette, grading same, same scores types. it's like, like that is a for a director like Edgar Wright that cares about yeah. every piece of the puzzle color is a huge tool yeah and to be told, yep, everything's going to be a little bit washed out is just like, all right, why don't you just like say there's no audio in the, in the like, there's no right channel. It's only left channel now. It's Hold like, on, you're throwing some ideas out there. And yeah, Michael Bay's right. like, what if though? So it's like, it, I can understand being in that kind of environment where like he's been, from what I can tell just from watching movies, he's given a lot of creative freedom. Like I would yeah. love to see what's left on the cutting room floor that like the studio is like, you cannot do that. I wonder if the shit they let him do is pretty crazy. With Edgar Wright stuff, are are you, do you think that there has been studio meddling in his films or do you think there's studio meddling in every studio film ever made? Every every movie I'm amazed gets made after like, (laughs) after just seeing like how many like executives can give notes and like, unless it's an independent, like I made this my own budget and I just shot it. Well, it's, I'm amazed. (laughs) Anything coherent is done. I ask that because there's not a moment in any of Edgar Wright's films where I feel like a room of old men in business suits were going, well, I think this would appeal more, actually. Sure. I mean, I think it's, because it's more subtle stuff. Like, we were talking, like, oh, it would make sense in Baby Driver if Deborah had this kind of backstory. Like, yeah. Sure. That was probably cut for pacing. Like, I think it was probably things like that were like, oh, we need to get it under two hours or, or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, and we're also maybe forgetting, like, I'm looking up the numbers right now, just trying to have those to justify my point. Like, mm-hmm. Edgar Wright, we all love Edgar Wright. Nerds mm-hmm. love Edgar Wright. Like, yes. He's yes, not, like, a huge director. Like, no. Like, I was surprised when I read the, the box office returns for Baby Driver is, like, whatever, 25, 30 million in the opening weekend. I'm like, that's not great. Yeah, I think it's up and, to 50 And now? then I saw that it was, like, the best he's ever had. And I'd yeah. forgotten really? that, like, Hot oh, Fuzz wow. was, like, around 50 million. But I, I don't think, like, it was a huge hit. And Scott yeah. Pilgrim was like a a great film, but like a flop. Like it didn't yeah, Scott do, Pilgrim did not do. It well. did better after. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead was like a DVD hit kind of mm-hmm. thing. Shaun like, of the Dead. Yeah, but that makes sense because that was kind of like his first big film where people were like, "Oh shit!" Like this this movie's great. And I think that was a lot of word of mouth, especially for me. He does the music thing in Shaun Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. yeah, he he. I mean, it was it was just the 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 big action hmm. scenes in Baby Driver are just such a fucking delight. How many things are synced up to the music? My favorite fucking scene. No, my favorite scene was the coffee <laughs> scene. One of, one of my favorite scenes. Every scene's my favorite scene. I fucking love uh, Hocus Pocus by Focus. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, it was just the Disney movie Hocus Pocus. Like, yeah. I also love Hocus Pocus. Right, which has great uh, directing in it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the song with the yodeling and the whistling and all oh, kinds of yeah, crazy yeah. shit in it. And and there's a, there's a flute solo where it's like... He's just like jamming out on this flute. And there there's it's synced up to machine gun fire. Where it's like... Yeah. Yes. And yeah. you're just like... Oh, and they're like whipping pie... Whipping pie. They're, they're, <laughs> I can't even talk. I'm whipping so pie. So it's it's going to be a great cake. Um, they're whipping. They're driving down the street. And, and you're seeing like street lamps like go whizzing by. And yeah. that's synced up to the music too. Yep. So I'm like, that was probably CG. Unless they're that insane to sync that up, I think like stuff like that is definitely CG as like yeah, little touch ups. But it's just sp- yeah, sp- but you know he pl- it's he planned that. Yes, he's 100%. like okay, and there are gonna be lamps outside of the window, but that's gonna be an editing. Don't worry about that. Me, you know, when you're, ma- I mean, he's effectively made like a dozen music videos over the course of a movie. Yep. Yeah, and like I'm sure anyone who's ever directed a music video 
has this very strict timeline of like, okay, this shot is this from like this second to this second. We're looking at this. Like I'm sure everything's boarded out. out. I'm sure it's Man, boarded out. They probably did yeah. previs for fucking everything. Uh, and just in um, case, by the way, just in case anyone's curious, for the record, to, to realize how not big of a director <laughs> right is. Yes, Baby Driver, forty-four million right now. World's End made twenty-six million total. Not great. Adventures yeah. of Tintin, which he has a story credit on, seventy-seven million. That's a weird movie. Uh, Scott Pilgrim. 30- that was the, the Spielberg. Tintin? That's the one where like it's like Spielberg and Stephen Moffat and Edgar Wright, and it's all CG. I, no, I, I thought it was just Spielberg. It's a crazy cast. Of, like, I love that movie though. Yeah, that was a fun. It was like if if Indiana Jones was a kids movie. Yeah, I actually didn't mind it. Just such a weird fucking. Demo. It was really weird, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> didn't, wasn't Andy Circus in that? Andy, I think he's I, in every. I know movie. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost like play the two inspectors that's, or something. Yeah, like, that's right. It's something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but Tintin seventy seven. Scott Pilgrim's thirty one. Hot wow, fuzz. What was the budget for Scott Pilgrim? Uh, it's usually listed right here. I had to pull it up. I'm sure. Oh, that's. Well, give me one second. I but, imagine that was like his biggest budget. Uh, the budget for this one is reportedly sixty million, and you know you're supposed to always like double the budget or whatever for, for marketing. marketing. But Hot Fuzz only made twenty three million. Sean did only made thirteen million. So like, wow. I think he probably got away with. Not a ton of studio executive notes if he's like the yeah. little guy. So I almost wonder if he's getting all of these top billing actors to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll work for next yeah. to nothing just to be a part of this. I, I could totally buy not at all to take a giant studio side. I could totally buy that even if Marvel, for example, had like big notes on Ant-Man, it would have been the first time he's ever oh, yeah. dealt with it. Oh, yeah. But I, I mean, I think... Um, I know not everyone's not a huge. I'm not going to be super brave to stand up for Avengers Two. Avengers Two has a lot of problems. But remember, sure. Joss Whedon talked about like it was a nightmare to get it made mm-hmm. when you realize that there's like Disney executives, there's Marvel executives. There's it was a, like it was a nightmare to watch and so yeah. Like, I was <laughs> you always, also have actors who like I'm sure you can't be like oh let's do some reshoots. It's like no, they're no, already they're onto already like a thousand I, different. In projects. a weird way, I was impressed by that movie because I was like it's amazing that you hit all these checkpoints you had to hit. Like, this should not w- exist. You had to introduce like Wanda and Pietro. Mm-hmm. And also Ultron, and also like, also all they locked things. down this release date five years ago. Yeah, I was almost like impressed that you guys pulled it off, but I'm sure that kind of thing it made Whedon stop doing the biggest movie he's ever done. Like, he stepped down, sure. right? Yeah. So I could see why Edgar Wright would be like, "I'm not dealing with this." I'm yeah, yeah. I think it's also easy to be like, "Oh man, the 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 small guy making his weird movie. Why wouldn't Disney be a fan of that?" <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. it's it's and 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 Marvel clearly. Despite my frustrations, they they keep printing money, so they they know what they're doing. Um, it's just it's just it's just fun to think what Ant Man could have been. There's another universe. Better, yeah. If it was Edgar. Yeah, if if Iron Man flopped and then Ant Man was the start oh, of the no, new MCU, that would be such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, we forget that Iron Man like wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it like, was, he was like it a was Marvel another character, Superman. but it was like we already had like 500 Batman movies and Spider Man movies. So oh, we like, got another one now, boys. Yeah, we do. I'm actually hopeful for that one. God, I hope that one's good. All, I'm, I'm going to go see is, it tomorrow. Literally yeah. all I know is, oh man, the end credit scene, which I'm like, I I don't want to sit through two <laughs> you hours and I of talked shit about this before. <laughs> for an end credit scene if no one's talking about the movie. God, that movie was horrible, but it's worth it for the end it's credit like, that sequence. Makes me, that's everything I hate about modern movies. I know. It's just like... I don't want to it's, sit through credits to be rewarded. I want to sit through credits because I love the movie and I want to see those names. I, and don't, be like, I don't know. Yes, what's, thank you. what's been the what's been the worst best after post credits like universe scene like the ones of recent memory. Howard the yeah. Duck. Howard the Duck. At least that was a joke. Right? Yeah, but it was enough to be like, the fuck is. Yeah, I, I give that one Zagasi. credit because it wasn't trying to just kind of like look what's going to happen in yeah, yeah. five right. movies. It was just like look what yeah. we have the rights to. I which think it's just the weirdest thing. I just thought the the. Th- the th- I don't know. It always rubs me the wrong way when I see the Thanos one 
Oh, it's, it's which, just, which one? The worst one. The was first the, one. The first. Which movie? Well, the, was, court, that, the court was death one at the end of Avengers. Mm-hmm. Is that when he's just sitting on his space rock and yeah. he's like, "I'm evil"? No, he looks and he smiles and it's like, "Ah, Josh Brolin is Thanos. That, Look at that." That and one. It's like we'll see him in you know about the pro- twelve. The problem <laughs> yeah. with that one. You know the problem with that scene, by the way, is that Whedon was way too clever for that one, and that like he thought everyone was going to love the line. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm being super super nerd about it. Oh, go fine. Like the we line, haven't been his, for the his, last hour. No, but his servants like they, they say that these protectors called the Avengers, and that to to fight them is to court death. And Thanos like does a knowing smile. Everyone's like, what, what does that mean? Because like in the comic books, he wants to marry death. Yep, right. So yeah, I'm sure Whedon is like, that's going to be like. From the three-point line, I just sunk, I just sunk Kobe. it. Kobe, Kobe, death something, like whatever, and I it didn't want to pay off at all. But a lot of the big are they not doing death in, in there's the Marvel? N- there's no way they can have Avengers three be. I'm Thanos, and here's my skeleton bride that I want to impress. And, I mean, like, they've gotten away with some weird shit in Guardians. They're, they're getting weirder, especially with Ragnarok. They're, they're, oh, I'm, I'm so just, excited for Ragnarok. Yeah, but, it, but it's that, for me... I'm, the weirder know, they get, the more I'm into it. I don't know if I sound like, like an Civil asshole. War, I, don't give a shit. I don't know if I sound like an asshole, but just the... It feels very corporate weirdness, like, haha, goofy, this... It's weird, but only so weird. Like, we have we have strict parameters for what weird can be. It, the it, like, Marvel Marvel, them stepping it out. Marvel yeah. is like the hot topic of movies right now. Well, hold to that's, me. Hmm, I, I want to. I agree with you. One debate. Here's two is credit, for example, right? Like Guardians Two, it's pretty formulaic. What movies? What movies do you think are like legitimately good films though in the Marvel universe? Uh, the Marvel universe, Iron Man One. Yes. Captain America Two, Winter Soldier. Yes. Is pretty, pretty damn it's, good. It's a de- yes. Uh, I think Guardians one and two have their pretty strong merits. I think I think there's three and like I, I'm gonna end it at the Guardians one. Yeah. I don't think Guardians two is like this big like two whatever. actually yes two actually surprisingly hit better for me. But I was more just like wow you guys did Ego the Living Planet as a metaphor for a deadbeat dad. That's, yeah, I but think uh, Doctor Strange is one of the the stronger ones. Doctor Strange follows through for it. Yeah, yeah. I, they're they're always like at least average, right? There's like yeah. even, that's even my so problem. That's that's, yeah. that's that's my I, I guess that's my problem because every time now when I go into a Marvel movie it's like they might as well give out like a pamphlet that's like this is what to expect <laughs> right remember yeah. this character arc is like i yeah. don't know like, I just, like it's just like a little bubble with the character's head it's like this is uh, uh peter Quill. <laughs> they yeah yeah i i have i'm maybe i'm just hope being too hopeful because i'm usually pretty cynical towards movies but at least guardians 2 tried some weird stuff it's i totally love the opening credits yes and for me it was downhill oh, after that really yeah yep i enjoyed guardians 2 quite a lot it's mm-hmm. just sort of I don't know. Like it didn't really hit with me until like kind of near the end, and then like with um. I mean, now we're talking about Guardians Two well, spoilers. Well, yeah. spoilers for Guardians Two. We spoiled the whole thing for every movie ever. Yeah, but the, movie the, ever. the point to bring up is at least like there were some good character go, moments. They do get weird to at least family friendly weird. There is yeah. like a scene where Yondu murders five hundred men with like an arrow. Like at least it's kind, yes. kind of weird. But then mm-hmm. there's a moment where it's like, oh, we got Sylvester Stallone for ten minutes. And you're yeah. like, why? Because he's one of the original. It Ravagers, takes me dude. out he's of one the movie. Original, He's one of the original Guardians. You don't know that's from but the 80s. I'm it's, not a know, comic I'm book I'm guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a comic book guy, so none of those references yeah. land for me. And those, I think, are just nods to those hardcore fans. Yeah. For me, is like Joe Schmo going to the movie is going to see some things explode in space. I, don't, I, don't I just need, get yeah. drawn out of it when I'm like, oh, here's another giant celebrity who just if wants to get it on check, the... If it's a checkpoint just for the fans, I agree. It definitely takes you out it's, of it. Sylvester Stallone being in Guardians 2 is not for the fans. That's for, <laughs> that's for Sylvester Stallone's kids. That's for his kids to be like, look, there's dad in the... Well, maybe his grandkids. I couldn't take my kids to go see Creed, but I'll take them to go see Guardians. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just, it's like, uh, he did a good job with his five lines, but, but it's like, why is he in but the... But my hope. The Marvel... My hope, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just, I was just 
just wanted to bring it up just to make that whole tangent yeah. make sense. My only my only hope would be that like the weird parts of Guardians two and the best part of Doctor Strange that Dan Harmon wrote of like, Dormammu, the Dormammu have come uh, to bargain. That's like my, that's, that's weird different stuff. Yeah. And I'm it's not him punching a dude until he dies. And my hope is that's building up towards like everything I've seen of Thor Ragnarok, which is the guy who did like what we do in the shadows, which is amazing. I still haven't. Oh seen oh it. yeah, you guys see what we do I in the know. shadows. I, everyone that I, I every single person associated with that movie like it's just like him getting jam. to do that movie is like god maybe he can actually like get it make it weird maybe mm-hmm. he can like beta rear bill's gonna show up who knows like get <laughs> weird lose with my it. shit get weird end with of it. ragnarok post credits yeah he just shows up beta but, Ray bill, but that's the reason face. why i bring but i agree yeah. still there is still like a disney's like keeping it pretty safe like it's well yeah. it's just the way i can describe it for myself personally is that the marvel movies within their movie collection sure. have made me bored of action. I am like, I, I am saturated. Yeah. Especially it's because very, they come out whenever, so, fr- there's like there's three a, Marvel a little, movies a year now. In the second movie, the they, there's a giant like fucking like, continent being used as a comet. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just like, like the okay, so okay. Guardians came out a couple months ago. Spider-Man just came out. We yeah. got Thor in like a month. Wait, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok is in a month? It's like insanely soon. soon. I assumed it was like November. No, Holy it's crap. like, it's like in a month or two. Jeff Goldblum. Please look it up. But it's like it's even if I'm excited for any of those movies individually, yeah. it's just too much. Yeah, like I, Star Wars. Five we got shows. a Star Wars every year, and that feels like did, too did much. I, to did me. I tell you that I did the math for like? Well, we know Star Wars is going to be made forever. There's going to yeah. be a Star Wars movie at least every. They're going to remake summer. the the original trilogy with point. children. But I did the math of like average life expectancy and like oh, how many. It's like oh, I'll live for another like 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. That means I get to see forty or fifty more Star Wars movies <laughs> before. Like I just like I did that math. I got super depressed. Uh, like thinking like what will on be on my death. Bet I'll get an early screener for Star Wars. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. There'll be a Reddit two thread because Reddit two will exist by that just, point. Like, uh, get an early screener. They're, yeah. they're making. They'll bring Dig back. <laughs> to me, to me, it's like I guess in relation to that, they're making things less special. When you have so many sure. Star Wars movies, not the movies in particular, but the characters. If you see the characters so much now, if you see lightsabers as much as you human possibly can, and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, if you see all these superheroes as much as possible, it's just you're like okay. Right. Okay. And, and that would have Got been great it. if I they understand. It stops yeah. becoming the the hot new thing. It's more like, oh, here's this one. Yep. And you probably wouldn't have that. You'd still be a superhero fatigue. But if they had let Edgar Wright take Ant Man and make it whatever it is, it would have a fresh a, a breath of fresh I, air. I, I was, it would have stood out in the same way that Guardians stood out or Deadpool stood out, where it's just like, oh, this yeah. one is a little bit different within these greater parameters. I think Guardians yeah. stands out the most because at least it's written and directed by James Gunn, who's like done weird stuff. Slither is right. like my great. favorite yeah. movie by James Gunn. Slither's is pretty. Slither's pretty great. Gross, but great. Like, <laughs> But if they had done that, like I kind of hoping in a weird way that like Doctor Strange was going to go more like horror or something. I don't know, just right. like they kind of did it. They kind of did trick. Well, the director you would have, you definitely was like a thought. horror director, I yeah. think. Right. So I thought they're going to go more like I don't know, spooky, scary. And I mm-hmm. when they announced Inhumans, which isn't a movie anymore, I was like they need to get like Guillermo del Toro oh, and make okay. him like a monster, make it like a monster. But see, superhero the, the thing that's, is, at this point, I don't want Guillermo del Toro to make his Marvel movie. Because everyone gets a turn doing their Marvel movie. <laughs> I just sure. want Guillermo to make some crazy Guillermo shit. And he will. So and he will. That's what he, that's what he did with Hellboy. Right, yeah. exactly. And, I, lo- and so, I really do like Hellboy. Hellboy's great. Yeah. Hellboy 2 is... is they're, they're doing another one. I think they're... But I, not, I don't, not, not with, with Guillermo. Right as, as soon as he does At the Mounds of Madness, right? <sighs> he should have done Hobbit also. Like, man, his <laughs> Hobbit would have been so good. It would have been great. Uh, have you guys seen that video about Hobbit where like where Peter, Peter Jackson's Jackson. really sad? I, I <laughs> is, that, is that like akin to George Lucas like watching <laughs> Phantom Menace and going, <laughs> hmm. it kind of oh, well. <laughs> I did a complete 180 on Peter Jackson. So I, was like, <laughs> how, really? I was like, how dare Peter Jackson turn well, you this feel for him? I was yeah. like, how dare he turn this like 
hour-long read into three epic movies. It's, it's, and then you watch this documentary, and you're like, oh, this poor man, he was doing the best he could. It's not just documentary. Every it's, card was played against it's him. It's like a featurette on one of the DVDs for The Hobbit. Like, I've only seen two movies. Is it, so is it, it not his fault that they turned out this it's way? Like him, it, it's like it, him apologizing. Okay. It's, it's, I think it's still 100% his fault that he was like, hey, we had two movies planned. We're going to do three. Oh, but boy. he was literally... I think that's New Line's fault or whatever, whoever owns Warner. Okay. I mean, my home. I yeah. don't know. But yeah. basically... They had a timetable for those movies to be made. There's always when, a goddamn when Guillermo, timetable. Guillermo was going to do it. I mean, money's not infinite, and the movies are insanely yeah. expensive. Everything is planned out years in advance. Because executive might get fired by then if they don't get it made, so he'll, right. he has to get it made kind of um, thing. So Guillermo had all this pre-production planned, all these sets and costumes, like tons of shit planned to do. And then he bailed? I don't know exactly what happened there. I shouldn't speak on behalf of the mind no. of Guillermo. <laughs> the, the story that I've heard doesn't paint Guillermo in the best light. Because it seems like he just sort of was like, not my problem, and just bailed. Yeah. And I'm sure there was some sort of personal dispute going on. He, he, I mean, just throwing out there, he yeah. might have also heard they want to do three movies. Like, he might, <laughs> right. it, it could have been that too. Like, right. Yeah. But the so, story, yeah, the story, go ahead. Well, yeah, so then the, the, the story goes that, like, Guillermo was like, I'm out. So then they need a director to come in and just pick up the pieces and take up, and just, like, pick up where he left off. So Peter Jackson did not want to do those movies, was sort of dragged back as like, you're the best person to do this because you're a Lord I'm of the I'm sure Rings. they threw a ton of money at him. I'm sure they threw a ton of money at him. Yeah. Except he had a different vision for those movies and had no pre-production whatsoever. But they, th- and they also, so here's what and I think. And they had to throw away everything this here is, This is what done. I think is the one mistake. I think he should have just been like, the same way Peyton Reed for Ant-Man seemed to have at least take some of the stuff that Edgar Wright had done. And I think he needed to be like, you know what? These aren't my character designs. We're doing those character designs. Like, he needed yeah. to just, just cut his losses and be like, we'll take whatever Guillermo did. I respect him as a... Look at me just saying what a director should have done. But, <laughs> right. but like, just going with that, because you see this documentary feature that's, like, 10 minutes long, and it's like, we had no time. Right. And they, sh- they show a guy from The Lord of the Rings who's the costume maker. He's like, we had a year to make I'm sure yours. this is on YouTube. Is oh, yeah. Oh, it's on I, YouTube. Yeah. I can watch yeah, this Yeah, it's like okay. the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, they did, like, a year and a half we, of pre-production. We had all the suits and cameras made ahead, and you see, like, It's almost like making yeah, like, a movie <laughs> should take effort. Whoa! <laughs> you see a guy, like, next to, like, all these, like, orc well, It's also why so much of The Hobbit yeah. was, was CG, because they literally didn't have the time to make shit. And they're, like, shooting it as they go. And he, he yeah. shot down production one day to sit down and write some script shit because uh, they yeah. didn't know the plot. That, that sounds and like And he's a just nightmare. sitting there in the set by himself, like, Ugh. thinking about what the story is. And it's like, I just feel bad for this guy because it seems like he came in to pick up Guillermo's, like, broken yeah. Legos is, is sort of what it seems like. He, he, but he yeah. probably could have taken more of Guillermo's notes. He probably... He maybe could have lobbied a uh, new liner or whoever to get like a month more of pre-production. Yeah, as an as a ch- hindsight as a choice, you could have is. said like, "Hey, I'm not gonna." I, again, this is well, yeah, much took, different. I don't know. He took the job. He took the job. He, theoretically, yeah. I mean, hindsight, maybe or he, he might, said he might have had like a he might have had a contract because you know it's like yeah, if you do a movie over there, you're gonna do a movie for you. And, and a lot of them times they uh, they do it to get another thing made too, like right. to it's tie like, back I in. scratch your back, you scratch. My I back. I remember uh, Edgar Wright to tie it back into it, said he was doing Ant Man originally at one point after was starting to get back because he knew he'd get to make Baby Driver. Like, that was kind oh, of a, okay. a thing of, like, I'll make Ant-Man, I care about it, but that'll be my big, big, giant, budgeted one. Make the, the men at the top happy. And yeah. Then and give then me 30 I'll, million to do my weird thing. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. that kind of thing for it. Which, but, I mean, to kind of cap off all of this, like, all oh, these franchises and sequels and reboots and shit, it's just like, Baby Driver is just a good little nugget of joy. And it's its own little thing. And it's not a new Driver universe. <laughs> Maybe it is in the same universe as Drive. With Ryan Maybe, Gosling. Yeah. Maybe it is. I wouldn't that's, hate. See, that's where the simplicity worked of the characters. Where like In Drive or in Baby in, Driver? In Drive. I thought yeah. the characters worked a lot better. You didn't in need drive, to know his life story. You're like, yeah. he drives good. 
Well, it's the metaphor He's for like bad guys. It's every like old Western gunslinger. I don't yes. need to know why the main gunslinger is good at shooting guns. I right. want to know what he does with his. He shows his, up in a town. You know, he's been to other towns before. That yeah. doesn't matter. What matters totally. is what happens in this town. What he does with the gun. Exactly. What he does with the car. Yeah. But yeah, Did baby driver. Say that so sensually. If for some reason, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. If for some reason you listen, <laughs> as I'm looking at you. <laughs> Uh, if for some reason you listener listened to this entire thing without seeing Baby Driver and just got a bunch of shit spoiled for you about Guardians 2. And a bunch yeah. of other movies. What, we Transformers? Go see Baby Driver. Oh, I have not even scratched Transformers 5's mul- has so Please. Many, has please. So many I'm never going to see that movie. Can I don't I, give can a shit. Can I just shit. say like three more rapid fire ideas? Yes. Here's um, the Transformers section, Sh- boys and girls. Shia LaBeouf is from a secret lineage of people that are protecting the, the Transformers secret called the Wiccans, but also he might be dead. He's not in the movie. Uh, they mention uh, him in the movie? They show a photo of him like on like Anthony Hopkins is like we're from a long line of protectors. Is it, is it a screen grab from his? Uh, he will not divide us. Live I wish stream? it's his. It's his image. I hate that I know it. It's his image from his eBay profile from the first one. Like the joke of him uh, having like selling the glasses on eBay. Yeah, that's that's retconned. Uh, Transformers have been on Earth since forever. Dinosaurs, and, right? Well, not the dinosaurs. Beast, Beast Wars. I would love that. I if would they love do, do a Beast, Beast Wars, Wars I'm I'm I have not seen a Transformers since the second one. Oh, yeah. I would be back in. If I they do Beast my Wars. pitches at some point. I get to I that get to write shitty Beast Wars. CG TV show was my fucking. It was so life. good. The first five movies didn't do it for me, but when beasts are involved, dude, fucking. They made a Zoids movie. I, I'm just. I, <laughs> if they made a Zoids movie, I'd go you're see gonna, that. You I'd go see that. <laughs> see Zoids. Uh, what if they do a what's the Bionicle? No, the, the guys, Lego, this is going, Lego, I like Bionicles. Comparing Bionicle to Beast Wars. Beast Wars. <laughs> Dinobot dies to keep the human race going. Right. In Beast Wars, there's some heavy stuff. All right. Sure. All right. The lore is extensive. Two more. Two more things. Random things I'm gonna drop. Uh, uh, the Autobots killed Bumblebee. Killed Hitler. You find out Bumblebee killed Hitler. Do they actually show uh, Hitler? They being show killed. a flashback to Hitler's like bunker being raided by. Do you soldiers? see Hitler? I don't. You don't know see Hitler. I no. don't know if you're lying to me right There's now. There's so many ideas in this movie. I don't There's know so if you're lying. There's constantly. Does it like, show Bumblebee like putting the gun back in a no, Hitler's I hand? Wish. No, Edgar. Edgar. Uh, no, I'm gonna say you're right. Anthony Hopkins what? holds up a Transformers pocket watch. Is like this little guy here is the one that killed Hitler directly. He's a tough little guy. And it's the like stopwatch transformer in a glass the cage. Like fuck. Threatened. There's so many ideas. Is Stanley Tucci in it? Stanley Tucci is in it again. Okay. He's in four as a like Japanese businessman who's like making his own Transformers. Wait, he's Japanese? It's like a Japanese company or it's like oh, a Chinese okay. company because they want to get China. Like, that would be bold. They want to get the China. After, oh, after well, what were the, the two? Uh, oh, Skids and Mudflap. Skids and Mudflap. And two. Is Jesus <laughs> in it? that shit. Jesus theoretically probably. Oh. <laughs> Harriet, Harriet Tubman knew about the Transformers, I guess. <laughs> like... What? There's like no. so many. Stop! Anthony Hopkins does this long, Stop. does this long line of like he does that thing. The now you're making Creed. me want to see this it's, movie. I had a great time. Just, Wait, she had to help the robots escape. <laughs> well, on they, show, they show they do that thing. Assassin's Creed. Of like all these famous people across time have been connected to this. Like Leonardo sure. da Vinci, Harriet Tubman. Uh, they're all robots. They're, no, they, they're, <laughs> they're all, all Transformers. Transformers. Famous director Michael Bay. Michael Bay. <laughs> also, and he's really good. I love his stuff. Have you seen Pain and Gain? It's on DVD right now. But uh, that's, that's a movie I don't mind. <laughs> watching <laughs> it's so it's so loud <laughs> <laughs> michael bay knows what? how to shoot stuff uh what's another great reveal I, oh so stanley tucci i would say this. yeah yeah he's in four okay. as a businessman that's running i think it's a chinese company because they wanted him to do a story for the chinese of course movie markets every movie that are does. making their own transformers i think he just dies in that movie he just goes away he also <laughs> plays merlin in this one like the wizard the wizard merlin the movie starts with medieval there's not a wizard Chad! in this no, I, it's Stop! there's not a wizard no it's screwed it that cuts you're back, fucking it cuts with to us medieval, this rena- medieval age the dark ages it just says the dark 
Dark Ages. <sighs> men are fighting, and they're like, where the, the knights of the round table are like, will that, will that damn wizard show up? No! And it cuts to, to no! Stanley Tucci playing Merlin. Oh my just God. Drinking, just drinking, and he goes and talks to an ancient Autobot that's in a cave, is like, help us, help us fight this thing. And then they give Stanley Tucci Merlin a staff that it magically shrinks down to his size. It's like, now you control the Transformer dragon, and then a Transformer what? dragon. Bullshit! A Transformer three-headed dragon there comes no and fights There are no wizards in Transform. And, There's no wizard. That's the start of the movie. I'll bet you twenty dollars. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. If if I saw a poster for Transformers a Five, <laughs> if I saw a poster for Transformers Five that literally was just a black frame with yes. white text that said Stanley Tucci plays Merlin the Wizard, yes. I would buy a ticket. I had a great. That time. would be good marketing. Would, that would be wonderful marketing. I would drop all of my shopping in the middle of the mall and yeah. just go right into that theater. I, I have a theory that because uh, all those movies have writers' rooms. We should just wrap up this podcast. I'm sorry. No, I we, should, we should also wrap up our opinions on the actual movie on the actual that we movie. said we discussed. <laughs> I, I do, Baby Driver and every Baby movie <laughs> done by Michael Bay. I just have this theory yeah. that like all those big movies have writers' rooms that just kind of like all work on stuff. Yeah. I think my theory is that like every writer comes in because they have like legit writers. I think like Robert Kirkman who did like mm-hmm. the, I think like real writers come in and he's, work on it. He's, he's he's hit or miss, but like he's a, but the people who know story structure, right, or at least okay. general characters. Characters, coming, yes. They, Robert I, think, I think they come does. in, right? And I think they all have an idea. I think there's like, because there's like, there's a Metal Gear Solid like type thing in Transformers what? Five. There's like Chicago's been bombed out from from the third movie, so they're just like kids just living in a war zone and like Metal Lord Gear Solid. Flies, but they all have Metal good Gear, makeup on it, they all especially have the young on, ones. And there's a Metal Gear Solid Rex things just walking around patrolling what? everything. Yeah, someone like Guns of the Patriots. Yeah, shit? Guns of the Patriots stuff. What? There's so many ideas, but I think each writer comes in and goes like, "All right, let's do Chicago War Zone. Four kids like Stranger Things. We'll do like Stranger." <laughs> things and they're like I love it we're putting that in the movie and another kid's like what if though like Merlin he's like I love it we'll put that in the, like there's just it's all like, these the things. only thing that would make it better is is he wearing a wizard cloak and hat with stars on it he's wearing a robe with a giant beard <sighs> Have you seen the the Key close and Peele sketch about Gremlins, Gremlins too? It's like yeah. Gremlins too. I was like, this is exactly. What like, about like a, a lightning Gremlin? Yeah, like, Gremlin in the movie. In the movie. Yeah. I think that's how these movies are made. <laughs> There's no wrong answers. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, I guess I'm seeing Transformers Five next. I had a, it's a terrible movie. I, still I had a great refuse. time. I yeah. can't do that. It's, oh. Unless my boy Anthony Hopkins is super good. He goes crazy. He's like flicking people off and like telling people. What about? There's a, there's a steampunk cog butler named Cogman that is a transformer that never transforms. Sure, it's just what they're called. Oh, wait, what is he though? He's just like a, a servant transformer. But what does he? Well, but he doesn't. Okay, so he doesn't transform. He's into just a something. man dr- robot, but he's all steampunk and he's just. Cog. Is he small and tiny? No, he's like a human size, and he's just spouting like memes and like random lines. Like at one point, they get in a submarine, and Cogman's like, "What state? What happens in the submarine? He can only in the he, submarine. he can only speak in SpongeBob quotes. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll we need go, to stop. We'll go, <laughs> we'll go, we'll go, we'll go, so, we're, so we're all going to go to Transformers 5 after yeah, this, right? Gonna, yeah. okay, <laughs> in 10 minutes, we're going to do a Transformers 5 episode. Yeah. But, uh, so sorry to derail it on that. So no. about, do we want to just give our final uh, say-sos about Baby Driver? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to so. start this one. Barry, Chad, Everyone, one of you started. Deepest, darkest fears. You go first. That's Ryan for you. I, I'm just, I'm just setting it well, up. You want boys. me to give it like a squad of ten? No, just <laughs> no, no, no. Just like, like, I don't want to do that. Just say like, I guess overall, like wrap up your ideas. What you liked, what you didn't like, and would you recommend it? Yeah, type of I thing. liked the good stuff, and I didn't like the stuff that. Good job, Barry. <laughs> Chad, I recommend it if you like movies. I'd like it. I would if I was <laughs> all you movie lovers <laughs> out there. I would. I loved it. I would say if I was going to show someone an Edgar Wright movie, I wouldn't show them this one first yeah. mm. unless they're a person that has really like 
taste that's hard to like. They love funk. Well, let's and like they funk. love uh, the movie Bullet. Yeah, and if they liked like mainstream films, I would almost maybe show them this one first. In a, mm. that sounds like an insulting thing to Baby Driver, just because it's so straightforward. I'd be like, let's yeah. watch this yeah. one, and now let's watch Scott Pilgrim. From from like, from like a bird's eye view, it is the less, it's the least crazy Edgar Wright. It's the most film. palpable or something. Yeah, because the craziest thing in that movie is kind of within the bounds of reality. It's not literally zombies or androids or shit like that. But I, I highly recommend it. It's nice to see a film in theaters that has a complete story structure. Boy, oh boy, is that nice. And no after credits shit. <sighs> yeah, there's no after credits. It's I, just a I movie. <laughs> my final thought, I wouldn't hate, though, if it showed him pulling up next to Dominic Toretto in a car and is like, I heard you need a new white guy. And then and then it just, he's in Fast 9. It's been see, a long I would love, day. I cried during that. <laughs> I, You're like, stop right I there. Stopped, I cried during that scene in Fast 5. He's my I friend. Was, <laughs> I would love for Baby Driver to make a billion bajillion dollars in like China and stuff but <laughs> the problem is I feel like the studios would get the, the wrong lesson out yes. of it they'd be like we need to bring back uh, heist movies everyone do heist movies now it's like no it's just that it's a it's a smart Ocean, well, they're making they're, they're making more oceans movies aren't more they? Oceans. Yeah, like thank a god for yeah. that it's like a, fem- like a, a female, female how dare we oceans, try to yeah. make a new heist story we gotta bank on that name god forbid that's the thing that bugs me it's like it's all less, about less, the name. It's all it, about the it's name. It's literally the name. It's like they could just rebrand as a new name, be free of the shackles of having to tie it into some old Barry. shit by bringing back the old <laughs> Barry, actors. Barry, to have a Barry, Barry, Barry. Thoughts. It's some Barry. bullshit. Barry. Just tell a new story. Barry. It's not hard. How are they going to make any money <laughs> if they don't have steal brands, Barry? TV tropes. <laughs> Swap out the names. You're done. You've told a new story. The, but you Wait, get, hold on. That's called plagiarism. Hold on. Don't do that. You get a little boy that goes, I love Transformers toys. You get a grown man that goes, my son loves Transformers. Hold on. Baby driver. Baby driver. Driver gets in a Camaro and yes. it starts to drive itself, and it's like it's Bumblebee, and it's also Kit. I thought you Night Drive. I, 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 I thought you were up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there you go. It also talks. David Hasselhoff has a cameo. It's also uh, Herbie the Love Bug. Uh, it's every car that's ever been in the movie. People are thinking we're people are going to be thinking we're having a like a, a stroke all at the same time. Wacky are. races <laughs> with all the live action cars. Yes, Kit, Herbie the Love Bug. Baby and Baby Driver. He's just the human With one. With like really realistic CG for all the crazy cars. Bumblebee. Uh, yeah. What else? Self-driving cars. Uh, the car from Flubber. Uh, would would, it, would it have that. been too much for them to add a little uh, like maybe the last word in the movie could have been like ka-chow. <laughs> I feel like we have to end the podcast. <laughs> just really in it? Did you want to sum up your feelings of Baby Driver? Uh, <laughs> or is that what you're... It is, it, as of... Could have used more ka <laughs> Is that a Cars reference, by the that way? That is a Cars okay, reference. I just want to make sure. Ca- he realizes his car was Lightning McQueen the entire yeah. time. Lightning McQueen's also in it. Oh, and, I love and he's, he's, he's in like the first weird, scene. It's like a weird Steve McQueen, Lightning McQueen <laughs> reference. Because oh. they're all re- also referencing Bullet. We're joking, but I'm so on board this. Like, <laughs> we were in Atlanta, but we were also in San Francisco the whole time. <laughs> and we were just in a really big dome that looks like Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing my mind. Stephen King's The Dome? What? Yeah. Let's, let's, oh, Stephen King's, uh, let's Christine, stop. Christine, stop. Christine stop. Christine stop. We gotta stop. We gotta Severe. stop. No, Stephen King's Christine could be Samuel in the Jackson. Races. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Overall. <laughs> I think I think Baby Driver. It go, you know, there's there's Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Then you got Scott Pilgrim, and then it uh, Baby Driver for me kind of ties with the world's end yeah, with yeah. my enjoyment. At the of bottom it. of the list. Interesting. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. Just no, no, because no. it's my least favorite of his... The Edgar Wright bar is a very high bar. I'm going to yeah. go back to rewatch this one less, but people should still see it. Yeah. yeah. For it's, me, it's like number three. <clears throat> number three? Yeah. yeah I, think I, I think I would go Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim, 
World's End. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of stuck with those with the three movies They're at the end. Really, with Scott Pilgrim, like, The World's really End. Good. So it's, it's, it's I need some recommending hot fuzz. They're all recommending hot fuzz if you haven't seen any of them, probably. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hot Fuzz or Baby Driver are a good first time to use for any of them. I think Scott Pilgrim might be the least palatable. Oh, for sure. I know people who can't stand it. Yeah, I totally understand that. I I really enjoyed it. I laughed my ass off because I didn't know it was, when I first saw it, I didn't know it was Edgar Wright directing it. And all of a sudden I'm like, something's up with this film. (laughs) This is fun. Then I checked the back of the box. I'm like, that's why. Oh, he made in theaters. To his credit, he makes Scott Pilgrim a better character than the books do on popular opinion. I think she likes Scott and Edgar Wright's version better. I actually like the comic book version more. Because they just dicks I mean, in general. He's an they're asshole. all kind of dicks. They're all kind of. He's an asshole for all of the books, and then in the last one, he's like, "Oh shit, I'm an asshole." True. And I think that's much more interesting than the movie version, which is just sort of like, "I gotta believe in myself." <laughs> and then he gets that purple sword, yeah, and you're like, "All sword. right." But like in 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 the uh, sorry, I didn't mean to bring this up. By the way, this in the in the in the, in the graphic novel, is it a graphic novel? It's a comic book. Yeah, know. whatever. I don't know what those things are. It's called. a book with pictures. In the picture book. <laughs> Um, they go through like all these flashbacks of earlier stuff in the in the like his backstory. And, oh like, yeah, all of them are different than he remembered them, and it's really well done. I enjoyed it. That's true. But I, I yeah, I also like the, that he's playing Monster Hunter in the in the comic. <laughs> yeah, and when he's like depressed and he's playing Monster Hunter on a PSP, and I'm like, ah, they hit you. Yeah, I'm kind of good. So go see Hot Fuzz and Baby Driver. <laughs> and go see Warmers Five. Go see Five and Gremlins Two. Go see all of Edgar Wright's catalog. Yeah, literally can't. I need to see this. This is the end, or not this? Fuck. Yeah, World's, World's End. End. I. It's better upon rewatch. Pirates I, of the Caribbean at World's End. God damn it! Is that what we're talking about? Now? Don't get me started on Pirates no, of the Caribbean. Yeah. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> abort! Abort! Uh, real quick, who, where can people find you guys? Oh yeah. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> People can find me over at uh, Super Mega. It's a channel on YouTube. Or you can find me at uh, my tags on everything like Instagram or Twitter, Eli Rye McGee. So that'll be in the description, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Chat. <coughs> oh, wow. Oh, I felt Sound like you called you Chet. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like uh, you called you Chet there. I'm on all those social medias as at Quantum Theory. That's Q-U-A-N-D-T-U-M Theory. It's a terrible pun name that only I enjoy with my last name. Uh, and I also do uh, podcasts. I do uh, Goose Buds. If you guys ever want to listen to that, we... Uh, we guys talk about we uh we read old goosebump books oh, and then talk about them. That's a okay. good idea. You guys, you guys should be on sometime. Do it. I'd be happy to. It's very fun. You search goosebuds, you'll find it. Okay. We'll have you on. Okay. Have sounds you, good. Do you guys ever okay. talk about the TV show? Sometimes we watch the TV. We show. have to end that this. Is, we we got to. I know. This is ended by now. You have to listen to the podcast to find out. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Barry. Barry at Residue. Residue Twitter. Bye. Bye. Don't follow Barry. Please do. <laughs> That's a mean thing to say, right? Like, people are going to actively not follow you because I said that. Ryan said not Ryan to. Ryan said not to. I guess I'm going to say no. smart guy. I'm doing it right now. Like, I don't know why. I was... Uh.